Hello, and welcome to Women in Strength. This is the podcast that goes far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Rasheen Hawley, and I'm going to be spending this time with you every single week, jumping into the real-life challenges, the real-life topics that we face as a coach, as a business owner, and as a woman running her own business in the fitness industry. I've been in the industry since 2013, where I started out as a sole trader in a commercial space, and now I own my own gym here in Melbourne called Barbell Babes Brigade. I absolutely love being in this industry and I love educating and exploring the things that come up on a daily basis. I love to help other ladies really explore their capabilities as a business owner, as a coach and seeing what they can do. Because the thing is, when we create businesses as women, we are unrivaled. We have a power that is so untouchable and I really, really want to explore these topics that quite frankly can stop us in our tracks sometimes. So strap in, we've got lots of stuff to cover. Hello and welcome to episode number 43. Now I had so much fun hitting record on this episode and sharing some time with the absolute fucking goddess that is Debs Cooper. Um, Now Debs and I met in 2016. She was brought in as a special guest in a mentoring group and ever since Debs stepped into my life she has been one of if not the biggest influences in driving me and showing me how to be my truest authentic self. Um, Deb is unapologetically herself and in this episode we talk about owning your strength, owning your power um, and really taking charge of your life. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode and take in and soak up all the juice that Debs gives us because she has a wealth of knowledge when helping people take action and step into the goals that they want to chase. Um, And I thank Debs for the power and and the influence that she has in my life. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did to record it. Enjoy. Well, hello, Debs. I am so excited to finally have you on my podcast. Um, You are like my OG woman inspiration. So it's a damn privilege that I get to speak to you from the homeland of New Zealand. Hello. How are you? Oh my God, I freaking love you. <laughs> Talk about make me feel all goosey and good inside. You are an inspiration. You are rocking it so much, so much. I, I just love watching where you've been to where you are. And yeah, I'm in the homeland of New Zealand. Oh my God. And I'm in the Waikato region right now. Yeah, yeah. You've just recently moved there, you said. Yeah, that's pretty different. It's very hot from Dunedin. So you move from the North Island, no, South Island to the North Island. It's a lot different. You're not wearing <laughs> egg boots as much. Oh, man. Well, Debs, Debs, I can't even remember when we met originally. It's been a few years now. Oh, uh, yeah, totally a few years. I actually was thinking that last night. I was thinking, how did I actually meet you? I'm like I know how I met you but I don't remember the first meet you know I love at first sight I don't remember our first meeting you were probably late you're probably late to a talk I was doing or something (laughs) actually I I, it was you probably it it was you (laughs) (laughs) it was through oh that's right we met um through the como I was doing with Hayden and you were one of the guest speakers that came through 
That's yeah. right. Yeah. So Debs has been someone that I remember meeting Debs for the first time. And for one, she was a Kiwi, so my heart exploded. But <laughs> for two, I had never met a woman like you before. And to see you in the business space doing your thing, I was just so like, who is this lady? I need to know more. Um, and I, what did you speak to us about? I can't remember specifically what it was, but I just remember from there that I was enamored with what you were doing and I just wanted to go, I want to run a business like Deb. I want to take some of those vibes and do whatever I want to do and be unapologetically myself about it. So that's how I know Debs. Um, and I hope today we're going to break into some of that juice. <laughs> I think I think what you just said there is actually a massive key there, unapologetically, like because we feel, and it is the male-female, and I keep saying it's not the male-female dominating thing, but we do feel like we have to play small. And when somebody, oh, no, I'll, I'll give them that job or I'll give them that. But when somebody actually offers it to us or says something to me, I'm just like, oh, I didn't know you couldn't not take that job. Oh, I didn't know I couldn't not do it. And I get really perplexed how other people's minds go, oh, I won't do that. I'll let that person in front of me in the queue. Well, yes, sometimes I do that, but sometimes actually I'm stepping forward in the queue. Mm. Like it's, it's, we do worry about other people. And I don't know if it's a male female dynamic, whereas, um, you know, uh, males seem to get more roles over us. And I was always like, no, they don't. We just have to step up. If you step up, you know, I don't see that, I, you know, if you're going for a, a job or whatever, and there's four males going for it and one female, they're not going to take the female. I'm like, why wouldn't they? I, I have that whole mindset. Like, why wouldn't they look at that female? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's the token, the yeah. token female. Doesn't matter if I'm taking female, what I've got, I, I still can whip ass over those boys. Yeah. So why would they not? And that's the way I think I look at things. I have that certainty that it doesn't matter if I got boobs or not. If I want it, it's mine. And yeah. I don't care if you're an elephant, a male, female child. If I want that, that's mine. Mine. But that's, I think like, that's I the difference in a, in a leader. Yeah. Like yeah. I hadn't <laughs> been around that a lot. And because you know, even in the industry that I work in, it's very male dominated. And for to see someone that was like, it wasn't because you're a woman or a male, it was just that because you, that is who you are and you can have the decisions and it was just normal to you. And that's the way you thought. And so I was instantly like slapped in the face going, wow, maybe I've been thought to think that I have to play small or, you know, I've been mm. put into a box. And then I saw just how you presented yourself as a person and who you are. And it just shook me because that's not, that wasn't what I was surrounded by. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, our conditioning. And I'm not going to say it's from growing up. I mean, yeah. my mum was a private investigator and a security and a security person. So she was a like my mum was the more assertive than dad. Yeah. Although I have to go to dad for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> always helpful. Um, I'd always choose the thin belt because I think the thin belt over the thick belt would be better. Stupid. Still it's a little a bit slow on things. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the one. Although we don't do that nowadays. Um, well, we don't. Yes, we don't. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting that whole because my I never saw I didn't see my mum as being uh, a frail. If I say it, frail, just seems wrong. You know, a, a vulnerable female. I just saw mum going, "Oh, that's ours. I'll do that." Yeah. And so I guess that could be that growing up. And I had teachers, males or females, and they were like, if you want it, you take it. If you fight for it, you do what you do. And I've just had, that's all I've ever listened to anyway. You know, we had, yeah. you know, coaches in my water polo were males and they just, they didn't, I don't believe they taught us any differently than if they were teaching the boys. They just taught us to fight for it. 
go yeah. for it. If you want it, you take it. And I was like, yeah. I'm definitely taking it. I don't care if I'm swimming against five males. I mean, our water polo team was very good that we got put into the men's grade, which yeah. the men didn't like, or boys, yeah. boys but yeah. whatever. Yeah. We, were, we were good enough. But yeah, <laughs> I think, I think. and when people say that, I get really confused. I just get really confused. Like yourself, I was like, wow, this is actually real. But look at you. I mean, frick, you, uh, you've owned that now and you just go mm-hmm, yeah, that's yeah. like you were just on that amazing um panel mm. just mm. last week yeah but it's like, interesting like even when I when I was um put on the panel and asked to talk the amount of people that commented saying wow like you're the only woman and that like it was such a big reach out to me from other other ladies that were like that is so interesting to see and what I actually did is I actually asked the people that were running it was it like did you not ask other women and they had actually asked other women but others declined so it made me wonder you know are these opportunities not necessarily that they're not getting presented but it is it is it that we're also not stepping up and saying yes I think that's it we're not stepping up and owning that, taking that, whatever we want. You know, um, <laughs> I, and look, here's, here's another example. So I've had a Suzuki Swift for years, brand new in 2010, had a Suzuki Swift. I owned the road. I was in a red Suzuki. It wasn't the hooker red that I love. It was a duller red. But the road, that was my Suzuki. That was it. Then I went a few years ago to a Range Rover Evoque. And so all my family like, oh, no, I was going to own the road. I'm like, yeah. Like, I don't think anything different. And that's it. So I just drive. Sure, I let people in. I'll have to say that. But, you know, I drive male or female. I drive with certainty. Yes. Um, you know, I just I just have that. I just don't get, I don't know, I, I get really confused. Like, why would you even just stand back? Why mm. stand back if, if that's, you know. I, mm. I get the whole thing that's the last, um, you know, that's the last cake on the, on the platter. Stand mm. back and let someone else have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but go up and cut it in half and take half and leave half for someone else if you want. But if you want it, take it. Don't, you know, there's PC and PC. There's just PC. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With um, what I want to ask you first before we keep going is. Oh, yeah, how we how we going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're good. Did we say we're just going gonna to go? <laughs> I, um, I want um, people who are listening to understand the work that you do. Can you tell me a little bit? Like who you work with and what that involves? Oh gosh, um, someone actually said to me recently, and you know, you the, these mentors try and put you into a niche, and yeah, they go, yeah, "You yeah. need a niche," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that niche, but I just can't because yeah. if, if I only work with business men, mm. then I'm then I'm dismissing the woman, and if yeah. I'm only working with mums, I'm dismissing the dads, and if I'm only working with children, so." So when I came to trying to find a name for myself, what are we going to call it? So I termed it um, stressologist. Mm. And it was a term that, that's now trademarked around the world that came about with my daughter and I and the customs queue going to Australia. And we and she was like, this is a great one. And I was like, giggly, giggly. So I told the customs guy and he was like, what's that? And so then I stayed there for like five minutes and my daughter's like, you are not having that. I'm not going flying with you anywhere if you're going to stand there and talk to people about what you do because it was such a curious little name so stressologist is what we've termed it and it just basically means it's decluttering that mind unpacking that mind whatever's going on that chaos the weeds inside your head instead of a garden all that description of that any freaking thing that's pissing you off stopping you from sleeping stopping you from eating stopping you from exercising or over-exercising or overeating or any of that shite, 
mm. kicking the dog, any of that stuff that's going on in your me- in your mind is a level of stress. Mm. People don't like saying you're stressed, you've got anxiety, you're depressed, all that. Forget all that. Forget any label. Someone says you're stressed. We've all got stress. Frick. Yes, we all have stress over different things. You know, you get to the toilet and you're, I can't believe I'm going to say this, you're doing number twos and you turn around, there's no toilet paper there. You have a level of stress at that moment, don't you? We all have a level of stress, whatever it is, and you just have to deal with it. Now, please don't ring me and say, by the way, I'm sitting here on the toilet, there's no toilet paper here. Can you help me? Because I, um, I would definitely laugh. <laughs> Go send me a pic. Um, <laughs> I know, do a poll on social media. But so it's just anything that clogs your mind and I help you with it. And I just use my massive toolbox of um, whatever's going on mm, mm. that I use. That's okay. probably, that helped. Did that explain yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That does. Because when I when I think about you and knowing the work that you do, like it is hard to describe because you help on so many different things depending on that person's life and depending on one minute to the next. So I can understand how someone might not know what you do because it's so varied. But, you know, mm-hmm. as I've known you, it has taken that clutter. Like I, that's the way to explain it. It's taken clutter out of my head for just more clarity. Yeah. And it's and it's once you've got that out, then you can strategize. Then you can, but you, while that shite's still middling in there, you can't see jack shit. You oh. can't see jack shit. And if I tell you, go lie on the couch and just put your phone away for half an hour, do it. Like if that's what it takes to to get you through that whatever you know I've I'm working with a gorgeous wee boy I shouldn't say wee boy he's 15 you probably won't appreciate that <laughs> um, a strapping young lad at 15 <laughs> and he's so he's doing university papers while he's at high school and he's he and he didn't realize that you it's really essential to take a break he's like oh, I can't take a break I just can't take a break I'll study for seven hours I go you know I'll have dinner and then I'll study till two in the morning and then I'll go to bed I'm like no freaking way you mate you've got to get up you've got to stretch you've got to drink some water you he goes no 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 I can't do that and just like so I forget that stuff I forget the the basics that we know ourselves and I'm like why why have you how could you study for seven hours you don't even have a pee pee mm. break he's like oh no I can't I just got to keep focusing mm. you no know, it's those little things that are so simple that I know that you know that we all know but we just don't do so like he's just a little genius and um, now he's loving doing parkour and all sorts and jumping on the trampoline for five minutes and mm. getting back and his grades have definitely, I mean, he's already getting A pluses. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, I have to say the other day he got a C plus and I, and he said, I'm so excited I got a C plus and I went, because I've never had a C in my life and I, oh my God, I felt sick, sick. <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, let's talk about this. Um, I'm not feeling really great about this. And he said, oh no, that's your stuff. I feel great. He said, because I still got in the top five in the class because we all got C pluses. Nobody got anything above a C. And so what I loved about that is A, he was celebrating he got a C plus. He was still the top of the class and he didn't take on my shit and my emotion. Like he was like, oh, that's yours. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually working with you because when he said, yeah, he has the ability to see that. And, you know, if you think about a 15-year-old taking university papers, gosh, he, he oh is. Oh, my God. He's a, yeah. yeah. Some some words he uses I do have to quickly Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's such a good example, though, because that, you know, that, that mentality of people thinking they have to do it all, you can't take a break, you can't log off, you know, if you take t- 30 minutes downtime, it's going to affect your work capacity. Is that one oh. of the biggest things you see in your work? That's a massive one, is taking time out guilt-free. I mean, 
there's just that word guilt. Shame and guilt will destroy your soul, destroy your money, destroy your relationships, destroy your physique, destroy everything if you have any guilt. You've got to be able to walk away because you can't, if you're sitting in your shite, you can't, you can't resolve it. Because all you do is you get more and more shite and then you get frustrated about all the other stuff you haven't done that's going on. So you do have to stop, get out, break, snap, Mm. get out. And I don't want you to snap mentally, Mm. but just Mm. snap the situation, get out, stretch, stretch, touch your toes if that's all you've got, you know, to do. But just get out for two minutes, go to a different toilet in the house, change your energy, do whatever it takes, you know. But that is is massive. People don't take enough breaks guilt-free. Do you think like you think, wouldn't know that you would see that? Do you yeah, drum oh, that into yeah. all do, the time. do you drum that into your <laughs> drum it into them, work it into them? Take we, a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's now. so common with our ladies because if we think about the type of training modality that we do, like our women in our community are very headstrong. They have a lot of things they're chasing they've got a lot of commitments they're very like help high-powered women but with that it comes with that you know the other side where it's like it's built up by expectations and you know social norms and all these things about the hustle hard mentality and it's oh my gosh it's it's like there's no point working 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 if we can't even take the time and smell the roses and all that kind of jazz yeah because it's just breaking them well it is and it's breaking them and it's not and it's breaking them mentally it's breaking them physically and it's breaking everybody else around as well Mm -hmm. because when you see your family members or your children or your bosses or when you see anyone wobbling you know wobbling and shaking you want to help and sometimes you just can't help so you know it's not inspiring to be around people who are down yeah, it's not. We we know that, but we all have those roller coaster down in the dip moments. Yeah. Everyone has them, no matter what level we're at. But you mm. just have to be aware of them, pick them up, and then how can I get out of this? And just sometimes, just going to a different toilet, <clears throat> you know, in the house. I drink out of my water bottle, which I love. Which I have to find another one because you know. Has that got that girl yeah. on it? Yeah, it has. <laughs> Do you know how long I found? I searched for a water bottle for about three months and found that. Should have bought two of them because it's getting faded. Yeah. But I do that. But then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I need to go to the kitchen. Instead of filling that, go have a glass of water. And there's something different drinking out of a glass in your water bottle. But it's just just those little things. Like it doesn't have to be money to go and have a break and have a pedicure or whatever. You know, go buy shopping, anything. It's not, you don't have to do that. Just instead of drinking out of a water bottle, drink out of a glass. Have a yeah. you know have a hot water instead of a coffee or something. Mm. Whatever, put a slice of lemon in your freaking water. Mm. Do whatever that's different to your norm, just to change your pathways in here, all the way down to your body. It's, mm. That's probably one of the bigger ones we see. Yeah. Wow. Why do you think? You know, I don't know because I think about like where I'm at now with running a business and like I pick up things now because I'm in the business space. However, I wasn't there like a good 10 years ago, right? And so I always wonder, I wonder what it was like, like 10 years ago, if I was in the same position doing this kind of stuff, has it, have these themes, have these concepts got worse? Is there more guilt? Is there more shame? Like, why do we think this is coming up so much? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of mental health issues now in teens. And I don't think it's, a lot more now. I think we're just talking about it. Okay. Sure. I think I think that's what it is. Like COVID right now has brought out a lot of mental health issues, if I label it that. But mm. we've actually all had them. 
Mm -hmm. We haven't been happy in our jobs. We haven't been fulfilled in this. We haven't been fulfilled in our relationships. You know, people who were having affairs and then COVID hit and, you know, in New Zealand, I had two clients who were having affairs um, or dabbling outside the relationship is what I call it, um, which is quite funny. One decided to stay with their uh, partner and the other one decided to go leave the situation and go to the affair person because we had, we were in lockdown. We were only in lockdown for three months. Mm. Um, and, but it actually made you go, is this really what I want? Like, so, so COVID's really made us go, is this really, it's just bought everything. Um, it's like the fire hydrant thrown at you, the fire truck, and you actually having to go, is this what I want? Is this what I want? I think we had a lot of, you know, we had um, growing up, there was people who I just labeled them special at mm -hmm. school, you know, people who had mental health issues. I just labeled them special. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their issue are. I don't even want to get involved in it. And mm -hmm. they're just the special case, which is probably inappropriate that you call them that as I hear my, hear my words. But I didn't know what, like back then, I didn't know what to, to, to yeah. say. But because we're talking more and more about it, we're knowing that there's, you know, one in every three people have an issue. Well, actually, I think every person has an issue. Every yeah. person has an issue. Don't go one in every three has a mental health issue. We mm -hmm. all have issues from the toilet paper, the no toilet paper. We get stress. Mm -hmm. Like, just own it. We get it. It's a label. Frick. Now, how do we get out of it? So yeah. I think, I think it, I don't believe it's more and more. I think we're just talking about it more. Yeah. I mean, the awareness is just there more and we're, it's okay. I have a, when I first started, I've been doing this for 15 years now. When I first started, I got females and it was relationships, relationships, relationships. And I was like, oh my God, if I hear one more freaking relationship, I'm going to scream. Um, and then I started going, hey, what's the bigger picture here? And looking at it. And then I realized you know, it wasn't just the males. Then it got, then I started, sorry, with the females. Then I realized it was actually the males. The males come and they cry. So I have an even amount of male and females. Males are vulnerable just like um, women. You know, they come and they say, this is what's happening and they break down. Mm. And that's okay. But we, back in the day, they weren't allowed to do that. Mm. You know, they weren't allowed to, to break down. They had to be the man of the house. They had to do that. But actually, it's incredibly sexy to see someone actually take ownership of their life and say, you know what, I stuffed up. Can you help me? I don't care if you're male, female, kid, mm. adult or whatever. Just the sexy part is, can you help me? I'm ready. Yeah. You know? You're so right. Like, it's not, okay, that makes sense. Like, it's not necessarily that there's more. It's just that, you know, especially in this situation, it's just in our face. The lens has been zoomed in. And so it's like, yeah. we have not listen now like we could we could get away from it and run from it and dabble in other things in our life to to take the you know avoid from it but it's right here and now we all have that opportunity to be like fuck you and you can't you can't run from it you can only run so much until you fall over and you graze your face and your chin um, or you can hide under the blanket for so long but you actually you're so much wiser just to deal with it no matter how painful it is because down the track, I guarantee it's way more painful if you do not deal with it. Mm. So when, you know, I talk about the reference of the um, the Nemo fish slap. You know, you get your warning and you get the Nemo comes along and slaps you and you're like, ah, piss off, you know, or Alan DeGeneres. And then you get the the next one's the, the tuna comes along and, you know, the tuna comes and you go, oh, shit, that's a bit of an impact. And then comes the shark. You know, and the shark's bigger and you're just like, oh, come on. And before you know it, the whale comes. And I tell you what, that whale, if you haven't learned those lessons from those slaps, that whale comes, immobilizes you, knocks your house down, takes away all your physical features, um, you know, takes away your money, takes away your relationships till you're actually screwed. And it's that whale that knocks you down. And then you've got to rebuild. So would it not be easier to get that little slap from the Nemo and go, 
okay, I can see that. What have I learned here? What do I need to do to change or not change or what's going on? Mm-hmm. That whale will kick your ass and yeah. knock you over. And I don't, I've had the whale. We've, I mean, we've all had the whale. Your whale level could be different to my whale level, but I've seen the whale is when people are beaten black and blue. Mm, you've seen, yeah. I remember you telling yeah. me this analogy, gosh, it was years ago and it just, it made so much sense. And it's like, we can continue to be blind, 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 blind. And then we all hear those phrases, you know, you take one step forward and then five steps back because these whales keep coming in. But it's like, it's because we're not fucking listening. We're not listening. Yeah. Wake the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like for reals though. But I think like when you have these little things that come up, why do you think that people don't want to look at those little slaps? Like what what is the, where's the grapple? It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. So if I go into an analogy of someone who's in a broken relationship Mm -hmm. and it's broken because whether physical or verbal and, you know, because there's a lot going on right now of that and I just talk about that you know, and, and they're broken, and but they choose to go back and stay because they have so much more value in staying there and they just know, okay, well, maybe this is just a hit I need to take. If I just take a hit for two hours, I've still got two weeks left of my life that I can still carry on functioning, mm-hmm. you know, so they sacrifice that two hours of that hit to whatever or that partner who chips and chips and chips at them every day and they just go, okay, that's fine, I can just ignore that, I can ignore that, but the more you ignore that, the more it just chips away inside your soul, not just chips away at the outside, you know. So we, they do find it's easier to stay there. If I go out of here, what do I do? I read an amazing article um, recently where the woman finally got out of her relationship and she and the partner just kept on doing this, this, this. And there was something like over a thousand um, violations to the protection order, over a thousand. And the police couldn't do anything. They just arrested them put them back in, arrested them, put them back out in the street. And like th- She was broken. She, I mean, she literally, she needed to move out of the country. Uh-huh. For me, you just have to go where they will never, ever find you to and start healing yourself because the, there's nobody to protect you but you. But she ended up going back to him. Yeah, wow. And I was so gutted when I read it. I've got my gooseies now. You know, I was just so broken going. And I went, I understand. I actually understand because... She didn't know. She couldn't go out to the street. She couldn't go out in the street. She couldn't go anywhere because she didn't know when he was going to turn up or anything. So when you hear stories like that, I mean, that's an extreme, but it does happen. It happens a lot. But when you hear stories like that, you understand why they go back because they're just like, I can't, I I can't sleep. You know, he's standing at my window. I can hear him outside, you know, and you start getting that whole paranoia. So I can see why we, we stay in our shit because it's so much easier. It's not but we will be prepared to sacrifice a lot to stay there. Children, money, the image of what you're portraying, you know. People say I'm going to stay with my partner until the kids leave home. Really? You want your kids to see what it's like? You want your kids to accept what happens? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's that like, it's that devil you know thing, right? Like they they know the devil. Like it's just so much harder, but we know that it is harder in the long term if we're going to stay in it for years and years to come. Like, how much easier is that? It's not. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's this just when you make that decision, just know that that's the best decision for you right now. And I think that's the thing is they go, oh, why didn't I leave two years ago? Why did I wait so long? You know, because you've just got to build up that courage and courage and courage and have trust and truth and belief that it's the best thing for you. 
you know, sometimes instead of just going, make the decision, go, and then you're going to come back. You know, you've really got to work through those things. I mean, I've heard some hideous stories in relationships, and it's not just that. It's also relationships at work. You know, your boss saying this to you in front of people, or your boss doing this to you, you know, just constantly, constantly, constantly. I remember I worked um, for an organisation, and there was one boss, and he wasn't my direct boss, but he was just so inappropriate. Now, I'm inappropriate. I know that. But he was like inappropriate with pom-poms on and it was only to me oh, he was to say it. that <laughs> you to fucking say that <laughs> you know yeah you know, yeah yeah and I was just like oh my gosh what so I started looking at what am I doing to attract this in why me whatever and I started really analyzing it but I did go to HR and they just brushed off they said oh look that's just him all the time and I'm like no it's not and in the end, he actually left the organisation. Something happened and he was whisked away and we never found out. Um, so I don't know what happened. But it was, but it's quite interesting. I was prepared to stay in that role because I love the role so much and just put up with that there. But while I was doing that, I was, I mean, I was only, I was early 20s, so I was really young. Really young, early 20s. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> so I was younger and not as worldwide widely wisely um but I was actually going why is this coming to me and not the person next to me why am I attracting this what's going on in my energy so I did start analyzing during that process and then I went oh I'm just going to go to HR and delegate that shit and uh-huh. say you need to sort it but then they just pretty much threw it back in me but I think now we are PC I think if anything the countries all the countries are now far too PC where uh-huh. everyone gets an award for games and things. Oh, everyone gets player of the day. Well, why? Because you just sat on the bench. You did nothing. What? <laughs> just not player of the day. Um, yeah. So I do have to hmm quite yeah. a bit with certain yeah. things. But we we are PC, but I think we're just more worried about feelings. My dad, I grew up on build a bridge, get over it. Mm. But, mm. and you know, dad's tried to say that to my daughter and she's just like, no, actually, granddad, no, I'm not building a bridge. You and I are going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. And dad's like... Yeah. Okay, and Dad will sit down and talk about it with him. He's got no choice because um, <laughs> I've got a little mini Deborah called Sophie. Um, but but he will talk about it now. But that was the old saying we grew up with. I mean, you must have grown up with some things. And the listeners here, they will have grown up with sayings that really stick to you like dust and Velcro, and they stick right in there. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like my parents, it was still some of those, you know, big things like money isn't growing on trees type thing. Mm. You know, mm. don't, don't. Can, um, don't make it confrontational or you know you know don't upset anyone and it, although it's not malicious be it, nice to everybody be nice to everyone and I get it because that's how they grew up as well and then this is what they say to us but I think we're in this society now in our culture where we're starting to question these things which is really exciting and, and really great but we still see like my generation I'm mid-30s almost we see us still grappling with some of these things you know the be nice don't be confrontational and then we don't want to make decisions to go forward because we don't want to disrupt these things that we thought yeah and I think and I think and and that be nice is absolutely I love that be nice but also be nice to not break your soul Mm. so be nice if you're not going to break your soul because when you are chipping away at you and you're giving 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 you know that well let's say put your own oxygen mask on first you know I don't know. I, I'm definitely hold the door open for people. Now, when I had an accident, I never used to hold the door open for people. I go, oh, they'll catch up. Yeah. And I'd walk. Um, but when I went into, had a wheelchair and went on crutches for 10 weeks, 10 weeks in a wheelchair, it was really interesting. I, like, I'd be like, why are you not holding the door open for me? I'm on freaking crutches. Yeah. Like, bastards. Yeah. And so then I went, oh, Deborah, you had to learn 
you had to go into crutches to realize that you actually have to be aware of these people on crutches. You, instead yeah. of just walking, <laughs> they'll move for me. Like that's what I was like. And then I was mortified. I didn't like I was guilty and I was shameful because I would go, oh, they'll just move. Like we're walking in front and I'm walking here too, so they can just move around for me. They've got freaking crutches. Just have a little bit of empathy. And yeah. but it took me to get on crutches to do that. Now people are probably going, God, she was an asshole. Yeah, you could be saying that, but <laughs> I got I got this step count up by going around. <laughs> but, but I mean, I had to do, but, you know, I had to go through that to actually be aware of other people. And I think that's the thing is be nice, but don't, you know, don't, don't break your own soul to go do a lot of things for others because you, you're going to get really broken if you do. Do you see that, you know, the question of or the thought of where my head is going is, you know, I talk to a lot of women that are afraid to take like bigger steps and take action or whatever that looks like for them in their business or as a lifter. But they're so worried about, you know, stepping on someone's toes or like pissing someone off or all of this be nice kind of stuff. It's like knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do we how are we helping ourselves to be able to then chase these goals that we want to chase and get through some of the shit that we keep going back to and playing a bigger game? Yeah, well, look, there's um, I've studied under Dr. John Martini, and he has the fears that we deal with, uh, you know, this fear of breaking morals and ethics of other people, a spiritual guidance, upsetting family and friends by doing stuff. But if you just ask yourself the question, if I do this action, so if I go and lift more, so if I go and lift more, how does that serve my children? How does that serve my family? How does that serve um, barbells? How does that serve me? Or how's that a benefit to me? And so if you just ask those questions, because you have to go, who am I going to piss off? Mm. Who am I going to piss off the most if I go do this? Okay, so I'm going to be away from my children two nights a week now because I'm going to have to do a little bit more training. So my children, so how does it serve the children? Well, they actually get more time with their grandparents or they get more, they get junk food for dinner because I'm not there or whatever. Oh. Um, they get to have more snuggle time because dad never puts them into bed on time. Whatever it is, how does that serve dad? Dad gets to connect with them without me um, helicopter parenting around. You know. So if we just look at those things, we actually go, oh my gosh, it's actually a great thing that I'm going because it's going to help these people. You just have to look at who you're going to piss off by doing it. And, or you just go, fuck it. Mm. I'm off. <laughs> fuck it. I'm fuck off. It. Yeah. Fuck it. yeah. I'm off. I'm just going to do it. Um, yeah. And, but, but we do, we do worry about what other people think. The more I've grown into who I am as the person, um, I know my partner just laughs at me. Like people say something and they'll just go, oh, my God, you're mean. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can own that. I totally can because I did just say that and you took that on. But then I'll just say things like, yeah, you took that on. You took it as mean. I thought it was actually quite funny at the time. But, yeah, I can see your point of view. Yeah. But I'm not going to attach that. I'm not going to attach their shit to mine because, you know, I, I own a lot when people throw it at me. If I... If I take it on and rock in the corner, that's going to take me out of my flow of who I want to be and where I want to be. Because that, like, in in where I'm at with when I speak to a lot of women, they're always wanting to say, you know, I want to be more confident, more, I want to have more self-love, I want to be more empowered, insert word of corresponding theme, yeah. right? And it's like they're not willing to accept if we say something like that and, yeah, you are mean. Okay, like, we have to own these parts of ourselves as well. 
I think that's that's a great one there because it's actually where do they do that? So if people go, oh, I want to be more confident, where are you confident? So maybe mm-hmm. you're confident talking to your children. Maybe you're confident at the PTA. Maybe you're confident talking to your husband. Maybe you're confident in this. Maybe you're confident in talking to your staff. Maybe you're confident in whatever, whatever, whatever you frick, you're confident, you know. Um, but you'll see there's times where you are confident and moments where you're not confident. Mm-hmm. So it's just where are you confident? What? And that's what's important to you. Like, so I say, I say I'm a shit cook. I'm a shit cook. I had a housekeeper for many years that my family were like, Deborah, you can't have a housekeeper. You're a single mum. I'm like, I can. I will cook a roast pork on a Monday night and Friday night we're still having that roast pork because I cook so much. And, and I'd be like, mum, why do you want me to cook? And so I, so I can do like four or five signature dishes. I have no desire to get in the kitchen. Like I don't want to do that stuff. So if people go, oh, my God, you're a shit cook. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I've got got a few things I can do but that yeah I don't want to own that stuff like cooking I don't want to be a cook I don't want to be a cook I don't want to be kitchen although yesterday I did make afghans although I've eaten half of them which is probably about eight of them um but I've been I don't don't want to do that stuff and if I don't want to do it why do it because it's uninspiring I'm putting yuck energy into that I don't want to do it find someone you know I had an amazing housekeeper who had no children at home, loved coming to our house. My daughter loved her food, like, and she would change the light bulbs in the house. Like, I delegated as much shit as I could. Yes. Like, I didn't want to do it. And and I could talk to a client in an hour and earn more money than that woman would get in freaking a month or whatever. You know? That's such an important piece. Like, I was speaking to one of our clients recently, and she's moving homes. And she was saying, you know, it's it's meaning she's supposed oh. to organize a lot of stuff. And I'm like, well, why don't you go and have a look at this? I'm sure there's people that would love to do this, but we find it hard to delegate things out or even go, can I do that? I think, and I think, so my mum used to say to me, Deborah, you can't do that. You're a single mum. Deborah, you can't do that. And I'm like, mum, you say I'm a bad mum. Why do you want me to spend more time with my daughter? I don't want to cook. Like I give her the example of the roast pork. And Sophie used to send her photos and say, oh, roast pork tonight. Roast pork, Nana. Roast pork. Like, because that's what, that was like, roast is an easy thing to freaking cook. But I think we worry about what other people think. And it is that whole, I mean, I used to upset mum. And I think now mum's just finally let it go and goes, you know what, Deborah's just doing her thing. I just have to surrender. Because you're not going to, you're not going to win an argument with Deborah. You know, I'll just sit and nod and, send her lots of love and smile and she'll just <laughs> want to scream and she just can't yeah but I mean I think that's the thing is because society says we can't we can't delegate we're not supposed to but I have a big firm believing in energy now you know so if I send a mailer out I want to put lots of energy into that and when I'm writing it I want to think of things and I want that that glitter that magic that joy that sparkle when I'm writing it and I want I can hear my dog coming in <laughs> I'll just show you my little dog. Hang yes. on. We might as well be introduced to Ben. Oh my gosh. Oh, hello. I like it was going bells. It's just great. So we know where he is in the house. So you can say hello, Ben. Hi, Ben. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you just get a haircut? Yeah, he just got a haircut. Oh, he's just fallen over because he expect- yeah, just got a haircut on Sunday. Yeah, it's so hot bad. up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's just falling down. Um, so, so I think the thing is, we we as females, um, but males are great at delegating. Mm. Great at delegating, but we we as females go, oh, we can't do that. Oh no, we're supposed to put our super knickers on, superwoman knickers on, and pull them right up and stay in them until we're burnt out ourselves. Mm. No, no, we don't. 
delegate it. So, so give it to someone who loves doing their energy. Like, so when I do my social media posts, I, um, I'm sitting there and I think like, people, where do you come up with those social media posts? I'm like, well, sometimes sitting on the toilet, sometimes just looking at the view. Where I have a great view from the toilet, I just have to say, um, where, wherever I am. And I just go, oh, that's a great one. Or I hear something on the radio, you know. So I want to put that energy into that. And that's what I put out. And if I'm not putting, if I'm putting blah energy in, you're going to pick it up. Yeah. Just like, do you mind? Yeah. <laughs> just like just like you if you go to if you go and coach the girls and be there for the girls and they've had a blah day and you're like oh man i've had a shit yeah. oh god i've had this and this and this and they're like whoa no 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 machine you can't have that we want to see you as pulling yourself together but it's okay to cry and just go i can't do it it's totally okay but you want to be putting your energy in a life but it's not it's not false energy we want real energy just be authentic, be true. Yes, you're going to piss people off. When I started doing my business 15 years ago, I lost a lot of friends because I was a, yeah, I was a, I was a opinionated. I know you find that hard to believe. That hasn't changed. But I was a dancer on the tables, you know, half my kit off, yeah. would drink and do all that. I don't do that. And so I would still have an opinion, but I would just come from a different way. And I just wouldn't, I didn't want to party with them. I didn't want to do that. I'm happily go there. But I don't want to sit with someone, you know, 10 years later who's still drinking their bourbons, who's still smoking their weed, who's still in that same job at the council and just doing their same shit and not evolving. Not necessarily the council, I just have to say, but, you know, or whatever. But they're just sitting there and they're not evolving. That's that's. I don't want to be around those people. It's not me. They're the clients who come to me that I can that I can give that stiletto kick and they can move from. And that's the same with you. Like, look at where your girls were to where they are now, to where they're going to be. But the same with you as well. Look at your daughter. Look how much she's evolved over the time. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's like the, the thing I'm hearing is like, you know, obviously we are the one, especially when we, when we have people that work with us, get inspired by us or in our circles, whatever, like it's going to be about what we're doing and us giving that quote unquote permission. Like sometimes I don't like when that thing is said, like I'm not giving permission to anyone. We're just living our life and doing what we want to do. And if that helps someone else, then great. But I think so many women don't want to step in because of what other people are going to say. And that's so shit. So shit. Yeah. And I think, and if you fuck it up, it's okay. Mm. Like if you go, I don't want to do that and then change your mind, it's okay. Or if you do it and then go, I don't want to do it and you change your mind, it's okay. Like put your step in, put your foot in the in the mud and then go, oh, don't want to do it. It's okay. Like every decision you make is okay, right or wrong, because it's still a path to lead you to wherever. So, so true. Oh, I love that. That's my vibes from you, Debs. I always get like... <laughs> I don't know. I just like, like, I feel like I'm like ready to take on the world. <laughs> own your shit. Own your Ladies, shit. Own your shit. When people throw shit at you, catch it and go, yeah, I am yeah. that. See yeah. you later. Yeah. Boom. Throw it away and carry on, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Deb. Oh, my God. Them. Is our time up? <laughs> yeah. We we could talk forever. Like, it just. Oh, might, I'm going to talk her into doing a part two, people, if you want to hear yes. me again. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well thank you so much Debs it was so nice to see your face and you know even though I haven't seen you in person for so long I always feel so connected with you so thank you so much for that spark in my life (laughs) thanks for having me and thank you to the listeners and the listeners who are listening really um take control of yourself this is your world you've only got one chance of it you know but just know if you fall over just pick yourself up when you're ready and Rasheen's a great um 
a great woman out there doing things. So keep an eye on her. Keep an eye on her. Thank you. Well, where can our um, where can the people that are listening find you? Oh, that's simple. Um, (laughs) Debs Cooper, D E B Z Cooper, C O O P E R dot com. Social media, I don't even know what that is. I'll let you know. Debs Cooper, yeah, Debs Cooper dot com. Yeah, (laughs) that's easiest. Awesome. Thank you, Debs. Thank you very much. And I'll see you. I'll see you on my Friday uh, Facebook Live. Yes, please. Please select the best frame ever. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I love Debs so much um, and I hope you enjoyed that episode now if you wanted to get in contact with Debs further you can do so on Instagram her handle is debs.cooper d-e-b-z dot cooper Um, give her a follow you know hit her um, an inquiry send her a DM now the thing that I love about Deb's Instagram as well um, and why I love to follow her so closely is she has this knack with posting things daily um, with quotes, with messages that just speak to you with wherever you are in your life um, and I feel like I just feel such a comfort of seeing these things come through on her social channels because every time I see something like oh yes thank you queen like you are speaking to my soul you're keeping me in check and you're giving me that message that I need to keep going. So I hope you enjoyed that and I will speak with you next week.